Welcome to the countdown of the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games on the Sunshine Coast. We are celebrating 10 years to go until the start of the Games in Brisbane. As we mark this exciting milestone, it's time to reflect on the power of sport to bring people together and create meaningful change. Over the next decade, we'll be witnessing the transformation of our region as it prepares to host some of the world's greatest athletes. Finally. <laughs> but it's not just about the games themselves. It's about the opportunities and legacies that come with it. So join us as we embark on the journey and explore the impact that the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games will have on the Sunshine Coast. This is The Podium Podcast with your two hosts, and I should mention, a combined sports journalism career spanning over 65 years, Wayne Smith and Francis Collins. We are joined today by the chair of the Sunshine Coast 2032 and passionate Sunshine Coast advocate, Ros White, to delve into the exciting world of the Olympic and Paralympic Games and the impact it will have on our region. Welcome, Ros. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here. How did you get involved first up with the Olympic Games? Did you have a moment as a child that it just captured your imagination? I think everyone is inspired in their life by the incredible achievements of our athletes. And, you know, we watch them on TV. Who can forget some of the incredible moments in history and that celebration? And brings me to tears. It really, really does. And that sense of achievement through immense challenge, you know, a few moments of glory and celebration, but years and years and years and years of hard work prior. And I guess it was a wonderful opportunity for me to be involved with Sunshine Goes 2032 because it's a celebration for our community and community is at the heart of everything that I do and and we do and I just uh, I just wanted to be a part of that. Mm. Did you have any special Olympians that that really captured your imagination was there a Duncan Armstrong. Mm. Um, well, of course, Duncan. I mean, how cool was his win? I mean, his his immense success. But his coach too, Laurie Lawrence, is an absolute character, and the way he just gets like <laughs> so animated. Yeah, and it's just crazy. So Duncan, of course, and he's such a he's a fine man. Mm. Duncan Armstrong, you know, he's had enormous success. I've had the privilege of getting to know him, you know, in the last six months. And uh, and I've always admired him and his success and, you know, what he did for Australia in the pool. But I've got to know him as a person and he is a fine man. I, I really like him as a person, the way he conducts himself and the way he wants to contribute. And I imagine having him as a deputy chairman. That's amazing. I mean, I made, that must bring so much to the table. Well, who doesn't want to be a part of that winning team? And and just on the committee, could you take us through those committees and what, what they're doing and what their sort of plan is in the next 10 years? Yeah, sure. Well, there's six main committees, but I say there's seven because one of those committees is communication, which is led by the fabulous John Williams and some amazing people on that committee as well, um, Francis and Wayne, and, and it's it's great to have you part of the Sunshine Coast 2032 vision. But there's represented very well Alana Boyd, which we would mostly know as the pole vaulter, who's an Olympic champion as well, now Alana Quaid, and Blake Cochran, who head up the sport and recreation, which is just absolutely amazing, you know, connecting with the local clubs in the community. And it's really great to see some of those clubs even just reaching out to us already and saying, 
let's have a conversation and we are there at the table saying, how can we make this? How can we amplify what is here? The Business and Tourism Committee, which is very ably led by the amazing Jen Swain and Alan Keogh, and Community and Volunteers, which is led by Min Swan and Caitlin Akers. We've got the Arts and Culture, which is led by Farrah Dedane, and we have the Sustainability and Environment Pillar, which is head by, headed up by Megan Carpenter, and then, of course, our infrastructure pillar which is led by Andrew and Dane so it's absolutely amazing these people that are in our community and they're the best of the best they've got enormous expertise in their fields and we're very very blessed to have them. Is it a little difficult timing the pacing of of all your work I mean the Olympics are sort of 10 years away so Mm. everyone's sort of okay we've got time to prepare, but Mm. there's so much to be done as well. So do you have, and of course, all this enthusiasm Mm. is just bubbling along. Do you have to manage that? Do you have to sort of control it? Yeah, very much so, Wayne. And we can't move faster than the authorities in the first instance. So we've taken this time, the last six months, to be able to really work hard on building the foundations for Sunshine Coast 2032 in a very measured, methodical process. So we've got robust process and fundamental pillars that are strong and resilient that will stand up for the next 10 years and beyond. And I'm unapologetic about that. It's so important to build strong foundations. So we're taking our time to do that and we're keeping an eye on the announcements and we know that there's been venue announcements on the Sunshine Coast. Mm. We have our strategic planning session, which is actually happening in February and then another one in March, a follow-up workshop in March. And then we will start to really tease up. So we've really been able to establish very strongly our purpose and our, our intent We've developed our code and our values and we've established, you know, all the regulatory things, the complaint, so we're compliant. We've got our board, we've got our committees, we've got, you know, lots and lots of participants. Uh, So now it is ready to take it to the next level, which is start to really define and distill the objectives and the activities. And then we can start to put some rubber on the road and we've got a really strong, firm plan ahead. But of course, we will be watching because the IOC, BOCOG, all of of the other authorities, the Olympic decision makers, our local councils, you know, the state, the government announcements, the federal government, because our job is to fit in with their plan and amplify the opportunities for our community. I know you're not, you know, effectively a lobbying body, but are you able to bring any sort of influence to bear on the decision makers? I mean, I'm thinking light rail or heavy rail. Mm. Um, are you able to have a say in that or at least put your views across? Oh, definitely I think we can put our views across and be involved in the conversation. And it's very important, I think, that we are because our role is to be representatives for our community and it's very important that potentially we can, if we capture what it is that the community desires, what they see, what their ambition is, just as importantly for us to inform them. It's it's, it's reciprocal and it's important that we can hear hear and listen and maybe be that voice for them on their behalf. But, you know, as far as deciding where a venue is, that is not what our role is. Our role is to get behind the decisions that are made and then help inform and create awareness and, and enthusiasm amongst the community. That's that's what our job is. And to liaise, connect and unite. Yeah. We saw, I guess, in, in Rio, watching that numbers were down 
people watching the Olympics weren't as inspired, mainly due to COVID and world events going on. Um, how do you think in 10 years' time the world will be reacting to the Olympics, given the fact that we've just had a few mm. big world events happening? And how do you inspire, I guess, the next generation to mm. want to get involved? 100%. This is so such a fantastic question because it's so important and critically important that we do understand about our, our young generation because it, it could be a completely different experience. Who knows? It's, you can only imagine what it might be. And it, it could be just, you know, this augmented reality and augmented virtual reality to, with technology. You know, we could all we feel like we're in the arena. I mean, who knows? knows it's it's incredibly important to sort of push our minds into you know release all the barriers and push forward into the what is almost unimaginable and as part of that yes I have actually just that this is part of what my plan is for uh, Sunshine Coast 2032 is to actually reach into the community for our children our youth and our young people to hold a forum with them and I want to bring them together because kids these days are just so – they're unbelievable with their thinking because it's almost like they, there is no – there's no boundaries. I want to be able to capture that and say, well, what do you want to see? Because a nine-year-old can be as inspiring as a 21-year-old or a 29-year-old. And we have to listen to these kids because at the end of the day, this in 2032, this is going to be their show. And the nine-year-olds will be – yeah. Right right in yeah. the money. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be some crippled old lady probably <laughs> in the stadium clapping loudly. But but you know, it's our kids that'll be in there enthusiastically. They'll be volunteering. They'll be athletes, you know, competing. They'll be they'll have businesses of their own. So we must listen and hear what they've got to say. Mm. You're building strongly for 2032, but you're actually building beyond that, aren't you? Yeah. You're looking for legacies. I mean, what do you see? What what do you hope will be your legacy or or the committee's legacy for the Sunshine Coast? I just want the Sunshine Coast community to walk away from the Brisbane 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games with their head held high, knowing they have been the perfect hosts and ambassadors for the Sunshine Coast region, that they've had the best party of their lives and they've just had the best experience and provided the most awesome experience for all the visitors, for all the athletes, and we can just feel proud, feel proud, excited for a top-notch experience. We have some incredible Aussie Olympians who've done amazing things in the past sort of since, you know, the Olympics was incepted in Athens. So um, what's one moment that stands out for you? Mm. Well, who can ever go past the Cathy Freeman 400-metre Olympic gold 2000 at Sydney. Away they go. Kathy's final campaign is on the road. You know, imagine if we could have an experience like that here on the Sunshine Coast. We're one of our own competing here on the Sunshine Coast, a Sunshine Coast local, and walks away with Olympic gold. And imagine, you know, every person standing and cheering. Wow. It gives me goosebumps to think about. And that is a real possibility to celebrate that, you know, as a community and be proud and just, yeah, enjoy those moments. They're amazing and they last forever.
I mean, you may may well remember back to the Brisbane Commonwealth Games uh, and Rob DiCostella um, finishing off that amazing marathon. Yes. And, of course, this time the marathons will be up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, A, perfect uh, opportunity uh, to showcase the yeah. Sunshine Coast. I mean, probably the best opportunity of the Games in any event to actually get panoramic and, and show what's what's up here. But are you hoping for something magical like that to happen on the Sunshine Coast? Because you've, you've got about six sports that are going to take place up here, haven't you? Yeah, look, I think definitely the marathon is on that list and there's there's some others as well and I think there's some more that are hoped for and all will be revealed in time, I guess. We will soon know. But absolutely, that is the perfect scenario, isn't it? And imagine if that was one of the local, uh, local athletes that could run in the marathon. But 100% that vista, the panoramic vista, the foreshore, the natural beauty, the beautiful climate, the gorgeous people that live here, celebrating and embracing that and showcasing that to the world. I mean, we know we live in the best community. In the, well, I, I know that's probably bias. I've been living <laughs> here for 32 years. I don't want to live anywhere else. This is my community and I'm proud of it, and there's so much to celebrate and enjoy. And to share that with the world, that's pretty cool. Uh, I noticed that there are state government websites that are advising business people of what's upcoming in terms of tenders and everything else. But are you able to sort of give them a bit of a head start, those on the Sunshine Coast, how they go about tendering for Olympic business? Because let's face it, it's a big money event and I imagine you're wanting to get as much of it, that money coming to the Sunshine Coast as you can. Yeah, look, absolutely. That is our focus and intention and you can't sell a secret. And we were already pushing a lot of those opportunities out. The state government did some announcements the other day about local procurement, which is great to see them really putting a focus around that. So that has opened the door already for Sunshine Coast businesses to get involved with. That's gone through to our Business and Tourism Committee, led by Jen Swain. And the beautiful thing about the Sunshine Coast, we've got a really well-established business community, business network, very strong and very collaborative, very supportive of each other and strong foundations, strong network, big communication platforms that already exist. So really getting the right people in the right roles is the key to be able to push that push that information out through all the chambers so that it reaches the inboxes and the ears of the local business people now when the opportunity or when that door first opens because in three years time it'll be too late. And I guess we have this three plus three plus three plus one vision and that is really on the back of what Andrew Lever said to me late last year where that was their vision and that was the, the timeline that they were working to and I really just followed his lead but he did say that there will be some opportunities that need to be harnessed now, for instance, such as, say, security or the local procurement, where some of those contracts may be established now, then that's put to one side and then reinvigorated at closer to the date. So it's really first three years about forming and storming. And so making sure that we're resilient for the future and that we've got all our ducks in a row and that we're well placed to be able to maximise the opportunity. So, but absolutely, the information is flowing through already. And 
so it's we're pushing that. That's what the roles of the committees are, that they can then push that out because they've been handpicked and selected based on their skill, on their expertise and their network so that they all are already plugged in. So really it's just about activation, sharing all the opportunities and the, and the information. And then again, as I said, it's reciprocal. So we want the clubs to reach out. Alana and I are meeting with a local club very shortly and it's sporting club and it's just it's very encouraging uh, you know that we're engaging already and our job maybe not to provide all the solutions but maybe provide the direction and the connection what sort of clubs are reaching out to you just a little local at the hockey club and yeah so it's really it's terrific to just see that grassroots level that's that's 100% where we are who we represent the grassroots level of sport and and business and tourism and arts and and so all the different organizations around that they know that they do have an avenue and it's not bigger than Ben-Hur that we're just an approachable bunch of locals that care and want to do the best we can to help so and and plug them into wherever they need to go it's quite a I often say you know it's it's our role is quite a subservient role because it's nothing about us it's all about others and so we're like a sector connector. So our job is to enhance and amplify others, clubs, people, business, arts, you know, the infrastructure. If we can have some, there's local sustainable options that helps people to get around, you know, the Oggy scooters, as you know, as an example, that is maybe sustainable sort of modes of transport that um, then the infrastructure, you know, let's make all of our venues availability, all access availability, you know, so that Mm. people, if they want to go to whatever, the marathon or the kite surfing or whatever, is kite surfing a sport? (laughs) It will be by 2032. Kite sailing. You heard it here first. Kite sailing, yeah. Yeah, Kite sailing, I think, is one on the agenda for here, or the basketball, that they can get there and transport is a huge part of that. Mm. And that's not yet solved. And, of course, I want to be involved in the discussion to have input and to be able to just put it on the top of the agenda and say it is important. Mm. We need it now. We need it for the games. We need it for long for the long yeah. term. But the main thing is Sunshine Coast 2032 is community-led, community-driven, and we are representatives of the communities, make our community better. And, you know, the Olympic Committee have that ethos that making a better world through sport. Mm. And that's kind of what we're making a better Sunshine Coast through sport. Is there a, a, an opportunity here for you? I mean, obviously, the Olympics is everyone's focus, but you've also got uh, the Paralympics following very closely right behind them. Is, is this an opportunity for the Sunshine Coast to basically everywhere improve access to disabled people, yeah. giving them, you know, as you say, the right not just to go to games events, but to live their lives? Oh, my goodness, Wayne, it is such an important thing. And you know what? As a society, we do not do well enough in this space. I've been a volunteer in the disability sector for well over a decade. And so I've been fortunate to have great insight into the challenges that do arise on a daily basis for people that identify with a disability. And I believe there's, we've got a long way to go. You may have heard of a local business, the founder of the Surge app, which we use in our supermarkets, which enables 
people that identify with a disability enables them to be independent to, to come in and shop in our stores and we meet their needs on a personal level and it's very discreet. That's one piece of technology that, that I'm sure will be able to be used at something like a big event like the Olympic or Paralympic Games, which is actually now, it's happening now. But in, in terms of infrastructure, public toilets, not just access to the toilets, but even adult incontinence, adult change tables where, you know, an adult with a with incontinence yeah. at the moment, if there's no change table, then they they have no choice but to be on the floor. My goodness, that makes me feel ashamed almost as a society. Mm. We need to do better. And yeah. um, anyway, that's another going down into another kind yeah. of avenue, another little rabbit hole. I, um, I've got a, a friend of mine, Coach uh, the Wallabies, uh, John Connolly, suddenly yes, ended up in well. a wheelchair. Like, terrible incident. And, you know, suddenly um, mm. by visiting him and, and yeah. seeing what he has to go through, yeah. you suddenly get an insight into, into oh, people's lives yeah. and, and yeah. how they're impacted by just small things around them. Oh, Wayne, it is amazing. You know, I have such admiration. It brings tears to my eyes because sometimes we whinge about having to cart a bag up four slight lights of stairs and then you have that moment where it grounds you and you go, whoops, I'm never whinging about that no. again. It's really very grounding. It's so important and everybody should be exposed to understand those deep challenges because it does make you appreciate, but it also makes me go, we need to stand up as a community and do something to make to be more inclusive, to be more equal. Yeah, we've got work to do. Yeah. Thanks so much, Roz. That was our very first podcast of Sunshine Coast 2032. Thank you so much for being part of it. We look forward to hearing all these stories from all these incredible people that we will be interviewing through the duration of this podcast. So thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I feel pretty pretty chuffed to be first cab off the rank here and I can only imagine what will follow after this and the amazing people we have in our community the number of Olympic champions in this community alone Mm. amazing and so kudos to you guys and I can't wait to listen to the all your other guests Join us as we delve into the exciting world of the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games and the impact it will have on our Sunshine Coast region. Our mission is to bring together all relevant stakeholders through our six established committees, sport and recreation, business and tourism, community and volunteers, arts and culture, environment and sustainability, and infrastructure. We'll be identifying and communicating initiatives and activities that will benefit our region. So stay tuned for all the latest updates with a focus on connecting and encouraging partnerships. This is a podcast you won't want to miss.